Right now at Papa John's, get $6 Papa deal. Plus, any side, this side, that side, all these sides, for just $6 each. That's a lot of sides. Get $6 Papa deals and $6 sides only at PapaJohns.com. on the news handle on the news our lives have changed drastically the invisible enemy bill handle swept across our beautiful country and now here's bill handle and uh, good morning everybody uh bill handle and uh the morning crew uh wednesday the uh, 6th day of january uh, oh, man, what a day it's going to be today. Oh, yes, it is. Uh, Wayne and I, uh, prior to uh, the opening of the show, were talking about uh, just some of the procedural issues that are going to happen today uh, during the course of the counting or the final ascertainment of uh, uh, the, well, uh, simply the final, final, that's not even a hurdle, uh, literally simply the final stamp. Uh, of Joe Biden's uh, election as president. So I've got that to talk about. Uh, David Warnock won the race in Georgia. Raphael. Ra- Raphael. Oh, I'm Raphael sorry. Yeah, Raphael uh, won. Not David Perdue. Uh, Raphael Warnock uh, won. Kelly Leffler lost. And I think a lot of it had to do with Kelly Leffler because everybody just hated her. You know, there is just a dislike of this woman. I didn't know anything about her, but... Uh, there was just an inherent, uh, you know what, I just don't like her. I think that had a lot to do with it. Uh, much with Hillary. I think a lot of people uh, did not vote for Hillary just because they didn't like her. And uh, there is, uh, likability is an important factor. Uh, which is why uh, this show does as well as it does uh, my likability. <laughs> I'm sorry. People I'm just like me. My optimism <laughs> my warmth? view on life yes your warmth your charm <laughs> his big heart your yeah. deep respect for all other human beings all of it all of it all right uh just a uh oh and also uh i Ossoff is probably gonna pull it off too and i'll talk a little bit more and why because first of all Ossoff is ahead john Ossoff, and the very few votes that are uh, still have still yet to be counted are coming from predominantly uh, Democratic areas. Uh, so uh, that's what's happening. It's just so much going on today. We're going to have a, a great time. And if you thought uh, you liked me before, you just wait. Uh, a quick hello. Uh, there's Jennifer. Good morning. Hello, sunshine. Yeah, yes. Wayne, good morning. How do I like you now? Yes. Uh, uh, let me count the ways. Alex? Good morning. Good morning. And John is back. Hey, good morning. Uh, welcome well, back, John. Hey, thank you, Bill. All right. Uh, so uh, the A-team has returned, and uh, I like it. Well, if I liked you, I like it. Uh, but it's um, <laughs> we're back. We are back. All right. Uh, we've got that coming up. Uh, we Are you going to be like this all day? Uh, what? Like this. What do you mean, happy? I mean, I'm like this every morning. I'm just, well, I just want to prepare. We need to prepare. Are you going to be like this? It's fine if you are. We just like to know now. Happy well, when am I, You know, here's Woo. my question. When am I not? 
When are you not happy pants handle? Yeah. Every day except this right. morning? Yeah. Uh, so the answer clearly, uh, Wayne, is yeah. Yeah, all day. Yeah, and tonight uh, oh. and uh, tomorrow morning uh, and over the weekend. Yeah, uh, exactly. Okay, guys. Uh, I'm going to talk about what's going to happen today. Fascinating. Some history is going to be made today. Some politics I'm going to talk about. Uh, President Trump, of course, and how what he has done to the Republican Party. Uh, and they deserve it for backing him up the way they have. Uh, I have no problem with them backing up a Republican president, but do you back up someone who is completely delusional and truly does not care about the Constitution? I think I can say that easily, and I certainly think I can justify that. All right, and then uh, some virus stuff that we're going to talk about and uh, where we're going with that, both good and bad news. So let's do it. Uh, Handle on the news, Wednesday morning, January 6th. And uh, let's go for it, Wayne uh, and Jennifer Jones, Lee and me. Lead story. Well, uh, Raphael Warnock uh, won the race against Kelly Leffler. That's a given. It was called last night. I did, uh, you know, since uh, it was called uh, after I went to sleep, uh, do we know if uh, Leffler has uh, conceded yet? She has not. It's going to be another one of those. No concessions. She says no she concessions. is going to wait until every legal vote is counted. Yes, well, and that she will continue to fight for the people of Georgia. Now, my question is, if she still believes that the votes are illegal, whether or not they have been counted and recorded as legal votes, but if you believe they are illegal... Therefore, there will never be a concession. Much like the president uh, will say till the dying day, it was a stolen election. And he won by hundreds of thousands, if not millions or tens of millions of votes in Georgia. Uh, That he actually uh, got three times more votes than the population of Georgia. And how could they have taken that away from him? Do you think that's what he'll say today when he has his Save America rally at 8 o'clock this morning? You got law enforcement officers already bracing at the Capitol and around the nation's capital today when you got Congress meeting to ratify Joe Biden as the winner of the presidential election. The president has his Save America rally. And he's going to be there. Oh, yeah. He's speaking at 8 o'clock this morning. Our time. Wow. So I I wonder, is he going to call? Well, there's already a demonstration. How far does he go uh, in asking or implying that his followers really go nuts? Uh, Because today is the day in which the stolen election uh, becomes verified and uh, placed into law. That final nail goes in and it... uh, Uh, What it does is uh, simply uh, put into writing uh, into the history books that an election was stolen and has been accepted or has been rammed down our throats. Fascinating. Uh, This totally uh, unprecedented. We've never had in the history of this country uh, a president who has not peaceably uh, accepted the vote and turned it over to the next president. Never happened. 
I mean, he has no choice. I mean, he can call himself president for the rest of his life. Uh, He can self-inaugurate on the 20th. I mean, he'll find a federal judge that's willing to inaugurate him, I'm sure, somewhere out there. It's not the first time, though, that you've seen a massive fight in Congress over no. a presidential election. But you're right. It's it's the first time that, well, there's still a chance for it to happen. And here's what I mean. In, remember 1877? The yeah, that was the election law that was kicked in. Right. And they they agreed to settle a dispute by giving some electors to uh, what's his face? The guy who won, who now for some reason is it Hayes. I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was Hayes. But then once they worked it out, then there was no more BS from anybody about this was a bad process. There's still a chance. (laughs) I don't really believe it today or if it's going to be overnight if they draw it out that once all of this plays out maybe maybe the people who say the election was stolen will stop well (laughs) i'm saying it's possible no 12 minutes ago the president just tweeted 12 minutes ago they and i don't know to whom he's referring they just happened to find fifty thousand ballots late last night the USA oh, is embarrassed brother. by fools. Our election process is worse than that of third world countries. Yeah. Followed by I the know. Twitter. And so the- far, I mean, last night at the rally, uh, or was it, uh, was it, no, it was the night before at uh, his rally, uh, he talked about uh, the uh, thousands of votes that were put into the river. You remember that? That was oh, part yeah. of it. Yeah. 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 Thousands of uh, Trump votes were put into the river. And there it was a photograph, a photograph of the Mississippi being totally backed up. Where the entire river, 2000 miles, couldn't flow because of the votes. By the way, as I exaggerate this, uh, and I'm using hyperbole, obviously, to make a point and having a good time, uh, I, I am not exaggerating the allegations that are being made. Thousands were found here. They were in the trash cans. They were stolen. Uh, A van showed up uh, in the middle of the night and deposited, uh, I don't know, 40,000 Biden votes that were illegal. The river uh, and now 50,000 votes that were found. And where? Doesn't say. You know what's happening? Reality is catching up to your ability to exaggerate. You know what? You're a good point. <laughs> and I can really exaggerate. Let's take a break. Uh, we'll come back and uh, start Wait, moving. he just tweeted three seconds ago. The state wants to redo their votes. They found out they voted on fraud. Legislatures never approved. Let them do it. Be strong in all caps. What state? The state's. The states. The states. Any ones? Any particular? Was there a mention of a given state or is it the general states? Just the in states with a capital S. The Excellent. states. All right. Uh, case in point. All right. Fair enough. Or point in case. Or one of the two. Let's take a break. Jennifer. Good morning. Bill Handel and uh, the morning crew. And uh, what a day it is today. Wednesday, January 6th. Um, Looks like uh, we may have two Democratic uh, senators coming out of Georgia. Uh, Warnock already won. Uh, Raphael Warnock. And uh, now we're looking to see if uh, John Ossoff wins uh, over David Perdue. 
also today, uh, the certification of Joe Biden in Congress, the Electoral College, the counting of it. There's a world to that. And I'm going to give you some history about that, which is kind of fun. And so much more than COVID news also. But let's go back and uh, do more handle on the news. Jennifer Jones, Lee, Wayne and me. Well, there will be no charges filed against the officer who shot Jacob Blake in Kenosha. Kenosha County DA making that announcement, saying that uh, they wouldn't be able to prove that there was no self-defense available to the officer, Officer Shesky, when he shot. Yeah, shot uh, seven times in the back. Uh, that is, um, well, I wasn't there and we don't know all the circumstances, but I think that's a pretty hard argument, uh, to make, uh, as far as the cops are concerned, uh, but that's looking at it from the outside. Uh, he did have a knife. Blake did have a knife, but he wasn't, it wasn't in a stabbing motion towards the police. It didn't look like he was attacking. Uh, unlike, uh, the other, uh, shooting that just took place, uh, in which there was a start of a demonstration, Uh, But this is where uh, the suspect fired at the police first. And the police shot back. And uh, I mean, how how many demonstrations can he have over that one? White cop, uh, black suspect. uh, And oh, you killed a black man. Well, yeah, he he took his gun and fired at us. So and unfortunately, uh, a lot of this is conflated. But this one, I got to tell you, I I question this. I, I really do. Well, the new risk of uh, the new uh, latest, I guess, high risk action in L.A. County, according to health officials, is just leaving home. Yeah, it's getting tough. They said just assume that the deadly invisible virus is everywhere. Just looking for a willing host. Don't let that be you or someone you care about. And this is we're talking about and this is before the onset of the new variant which is uh, almost twice as uh, likely to be transmittable. Uh, So uh, far more contagious. And so we talked about this yesterday. The only way is to absolutely self-isolate and do not go out. That's it. And uh, how many people do that? There are some, but how many people are prepared to do that until next summer? Well, you have to go to the store. Also, no, you don't have to go to the store. You can do Instacart. You can have it uh, delivered. You can have it dropped off on the porch. You can have it dropped off at the corner where you pick it up. You know how expensive that is? I, I well, that way. You know how expensive it is to uh, go into the hospital with uh, COVID? So you support this? Oh, no. No, I would never dream of actually doing that. Oh, uh, not leaving because, the house. Because oh, also, yeah. when they say literally leaving your home. So if I walk outside and walk up the hill, and walk back down, and I don't see another person at You're okay. all. That was okay. high risk, but I left my home. You are well, a willing I think what host they're talking me. about, the implication here is uh, do not get near anyone. It's just, I think it's the um, it's the wording that has a lot yeah, of people annoyed. That's true. Yes, this. it's true. All right, let's do uh, one more, and then we'll take a break. Okay, well, there is now a statewide health order and California hospitals, Southern California hospitals have to uh, not do any non-essential surgeries and they may have to actually send some of their patients up to Northern California. Because they have more capacity up north. And uh, the, I mean, it's crazy. And the paramedics are being told uh, if someone isn't going to survive, 
uh, and this has been going on for days, little chance of survival, just let them, you just walk away, you know, let them die. You know, there are stories of uh, people, huge uh, accidents, for example, chainsaw accidents where someone lost a leg and a paramedic show up and say, ah, you have another one. You don't need both. Handle. It's you can always hop. Like it's not quite not. like that. No. Also, no. I don't know if no. it's walk away. I think they still try to do what they can for the person on the scene. What they're saying is don't, don't take them to, the hospital. them to a hospital that right. won't be able to help them. No, maybe. no, it is crazy. I mean, it is bad. We've I've never seen this. I don't think it's ever been like this in the modern era. Uh, and and it's going to get worse before it gets better because the other side of it, of course, our ability to distribute uh, the virus. Oh, yeah, coming back, I just want to give you one quick one because there are some huge successes around the world, and I'll share that with you uh, before we go on with the news. Uh, so let's uh, check in with Jennifer Jones. Lee. And uh, good morning, Bill Handel here. It is a uh, Wednesday morning, January 6th, 6th, as we continue, big day today. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about COVID cases and uh, a, a quick one. And I said I would share this before we go on. Uh, and that is uh, there is one country in the world that is moving balls to the wall and have literally vaccinated almost half the people, Israel. And uh, I want to talk either today or tomorrow about how they're doing it, uh, because if we can follow that line, we're way ahead of the curve. All right. Back we go. More handle on the news. Jennifer uh, Wayne. And me. Well, I don't know if you've got about oh sixty percent of LAPD officers who want to follow Israel right now. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come? You've got just sixty percent of LAPD officers and employees willing to take the COVID vaccine. And I was just reading a story about the um, LAFD also. So the fire department says. of its department has gotten the vaccine, but there are some who are hesitant to get the vaccine. Paramedics are actually going around trying to educate firefighters on why. And uh, you've got a lot of cops who are saying, hey, we need to either know more about it or we just don't want it. What more do you want to know? I I mean, you can wait. I mean, long, long term studies that are going to go two, three years, five years. You know, I've pointed this before. Uh, Asbestos takes 30 years uh, for it to uh, cause cancer, right, before the symptoms of cancer come up. All right, so let's wait 30 years. Uh, and if you've passed 30 years, you're fine. Uh, so I think tomorrow I'm going to do uh, the story of, of the difference between the U.S. and Israel. Because you got these cops saying, hell no! And- L.A. County has officially approved... Drafting a hazard pay ordinance for grocery workers. We talked about this yesterday. They were going to vote on it yesterday. They voted four to nothing to draft it. Final approval, maybe as soon as the end of the month, and then it would remain in effect for 120 days. Big grocery chains and drug retailers would have to pay $5 extra per hour to frontline workers. In unincorporated areas. Right. There's not cover any cities. cities. No cities, because it really comes down to the city uh, in, in inside. For example, L.A., the city of L.A. is not uh, mandated by this. It can do whatever it wants. Uh, but it could be the start. I, I, I can't imagine L.A. not moving in that direction either. All right. If you are a taxpayer who is waiting for your stimulus relief check and you use a tax prep service like H&R Block or TurboTax, this story is for you. 
There are apparently a number of taxpayers who say their second relief payments were sent to the incorrect bank account, so that forced them to wait longer for their money. So there they are. They're waiting. They're waiting. They're not getting it. So they go to the Get My Payment tool on the IRS website, and that's where they found out that their payments were sent to accounts that they didn't recognize. So uh, Now, that money can come back, or people just the, find the money in their account and just start spending it? Well, see, that's what I don't think is clear in this story. The IRS hasn't commented on the scope or the cause of the problem. I think you're still waiting for, say, TurboTax and H&R Block to figure out what happened. So I don't know. I mean, imagine this. Uh, and I'm not even talking about people who have the intent to steal. All of a sudden, $1,200 shows up or $600 shows up in your account, and you're not making the rent or uh, able to buy food because you're in a food line someplace at a food bank. You're not going to go out and spend that money on groceries? Yeah. And when the government says, I want the money back, uh, you go, hey, I, Already you know, I, I ate with that money. I mean, that, that's, that's hard uh, to uh, prosecute people like that. Riverside County officials and Southern California Edison are warning people of a new COVID scam. It's just a variation of a time-honored scam where the scammers call you up and say, oh, we're about to cut off your power. You owe us X amount of dollars. Now, it used to be go buy a, a prepaid credit card or a gift card and give us the number. Now... They want people to use those payment apps like Zelly or Cash App. But it's otherwise, it's the same scam. They've just changed their tactics yeah. a little bit. Here's so what some, you should know. Just Southern California says they are not disconnecting anybody during this pandemic. They are not removing any meters during this pandemic, period. Therefore, if somebody calls you, claims to be them, and says either of those things are happening – that's a lie. And my question is, uh, like, uh, as the IRS will never call you on the phone, uh, do the utilities call? And I don't think so. No. They send out those notices. Uh, the money is owed. And then the third time out, they send out those pink notices that we're about to cut off your electricity. Here's the phone number to call. That number you can call. But see, I think that's the problem with this particular scam is it does come in the form of a postcard at first. Right. And it says, if you want to, what is it, like, uh, to reduce your bill your bill if you're yeah. working from home? So it does give you a number. That's where I think people are getting caught up. Yeah. Even though, I mean, have you ever seen a governmental agency send a postcard? No. You know, at the end of it, uh, where, wish you were here, no. having a great time, you know that's a scam. Let's take a break. Uh, we're coming back. Jennifer? And uh, good morning, Bill Handel. It is a uh, Wednesday morning, January 6th. A lot going on. We'll talk about this later. Matter of fact, coming up at 7 o'clock, what's going to happen today, starting 10 o'clock our time, when uh, the certification of uh, the new president takes place in Congress, and it is going to be a spectacle, a soap opera. And I'll talk about that uh, coming up at 7. Let's finish up. Handle on the news, Jennifer Wayne and me. And the 63rd Grammy Awards are now set for March 14th. They've been postponed because of what the Academy is calling the deteriorating COVID situation in Los Angeles. So it's supposed to take place on the 31st at Staples Center. Now it's going to be six weeks later. So we'll see. No, 
No, not in March. No, it's it be post- yeah. That's no. what I is. That's Nothing's going to happen. We'll they see. keep You can keep on postponing forever, and it doesn't matter. Speaking uh, of, oh, go ahead. No, yeah, go ahead. Finish? Uh, Dr. Dre says he's doing great after going to the hospital with a brain aneurysm. He was in the, he was in the ICU. Apparently, now he's not, and he's totally you know awake and lucid. He's doing great and getting excellent care, he says. So yeah. good for him. Yep. Good. For if you get an aneurysm and uh, you catch it early, uh, depending on the size of the clot, et cetera, and they have anti-clotting uh, medication, uh, you just basically walk away uh, if you're lucky enough. And I'm assuming that's what happened here. Uh, so very lucky. Tommy Lasorda is out of the hospital. So I say D. I say D-O. D-O-D. I, this guy D-O-D. is like... A cat with nine lives. I think, what is this, the third or fourth time that he's been in the hospital for heart complications? I mean, was it so like in the late 90s when he retired from the Dodgers? That was a heart attack, right? And then wasn't it at least 2012-ish when he went back, I think, for another heart attack? And, I mean, this guy just, he keeps going. And it was, I remember we all thought in the beginning when we saw Tommy Lasorda hospitalized in the ICU, we all went, oh, COVID. And then now he's at home resting comfortably. Okay. Detectives from the New York Police Department are flying to California to question the woman now known as Soho Karen. Karen's coming for ya. Her real name is Mia Poncetto, and she is uh, now famous for video that circulated of her confronting the son of a jazz musician in the lobby of a hotel in New York, accusing the the son, the 14-year-old, of stealing her phone and actually tackling him at one point to, quote, get her phone back. Turns out she had left her phone in an Uber. And her phone was returned to her by the Uber driver after this incident. And, of course... The kid is black. Yeah, she and she had a history of this kind of thing, too. Uh, well, she had a so. history of getting... She was apparently asked to leave a hotel here in L.A. with her mom because they were allegedly drunk and belligerent. So they're flying out to interview her and uh, talking about possible arrests for robbery or grand larceny, which is going to be a little tough. If she thought that was her phone, then how do you prove she intended to deprive the yeah, young man of his phone, which is an element of theft? So I'm not I'm not sure where this ultimately leads, but they they are responding to public pressure. Oh, of course they to, are to keep to keep oh, pursuing one, this 100 percent. And so uh, and, and it's a different world today because of the Black Lives Matter movement, because of the acceptance of uh, racism. Uh, so the takeaway here, if you're going to get in and start accusing people and screaming, do it to someone from Sweden and you'll be fine. Uh, one one other thing, if I can point out that uh, there is precedent for somebody going to jail for using force because they believed that they were taking back their property that had been unrightfully taken from them. And that person's name oh. is O.J. Simpson. Oh, Right. So Vegas it's not un, it's not unprecedented that even if you believed that was your property, 
there's still certain things you're not allowed to do that can become crimes. Uh, let's do one more, and uh, then we'll bail okay, and uh, go I, on to the next segment. I had no idea that this was a thing. Religious arbitration. Let's just start with that. So actor Danny Masterson, who is accused by four women of stalking and of intimidation, now this case has to go through the Church of Scientology, according to a judge in Los Angeles. So, gentlemen, you can take it from here how this works. But how in the world is there arbitration in the church before Danny Masterson scheduled arraignment on these three charges of rape? Because they agreed to it and the authorities are, are agreeing to it. Very unusual, though, right, Wayne? Yeah. I mean, when's the last well, time we what, saw be, something like it, this? It, yeah, but we want to be careful here. This this does not involve Danny Masterson and their allegations against him. It's the intimidation, right? It's the intimidation that they say followed after they reported Danny Masterson to the police. Intimidation by Scientology officials. So that's why that lawsuit is an uh, intra. Is it intra? Intra Scientology conflict therefore the, this court found it's covered by their arbitration agreement and even in certain cases uh where and it's pretty unusual but it, you're talking about very religious organizations like ultra orthodox jewish organizations and there is a jewish court uh that uh is held by the chief rabbi and some other elders uh they actually the, the they will allow the authorities will allow that court uh to determine uh, the outcome of a lawsuit or even a minor infraction, uh, and it's accepted. And these guys are not judges. Uh, these rabbis, uh, they are uh, just uh, elders of the community uh, who are well-respected, and in certain cases that has happened. So these women will have no recourse once the Church of Scientology rules on the intimidation portion of these agents. I, it's a straight arbitration on that part. Is. It's like Judge Judy uh, or like you go to uh, any one of these uh, people's court. That's all arbitration. You think Scientology, whoever runs this arbitration, they're going to end up saying, yeah, these guys no, totally intimidated, stalked, and harassed not. you, and here's a bunch of money for yeah, you? Yeah, but at least you'll be able to get an, uh, an autograph because it'll be Tom Cruise who is uh, heading the uh, panel. All right, we're done. Coming up. Uh, here's what happens today. Congress is going to count the Electoral College votes and the procedure. Well, it's a little complicated, but lots of fun to talk about. This is KFI AM 640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And uh, good morning, Bill Handel here. It is a uh, Wednesday morning, January 6th. And uh, what a Wednesday it is. Uh, today, uh, history is uh, going to be made, even though it's happened before, and I'm going to get into it a little bit. And that is uh, the uh, final legal confirmation of uh, the election of uh, Joe Biden as uh, president-elect. And uh, this has to happen today. Usually it's a formality. We're talking about the counting of the votes. Uh and uh, usually it's about 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes. It's merely a formality. Today, it's going to be very different because of the number of objections to the counting of the electoral votes. And so here's what's going to happen um, this year. And this happened before, incidentally, but not to this extent. This year, 
uh, you have a group of Republicans, 13 senators at least, uh, 140 members of Congress, give or take, uh, that are going to object to the tallying of the Electoral College. And they can object all they want, and uh, under unusual, crazy, one-in-a-million, one-in-a-billion chance they might prevail, but uh, this is uh, simply uh, them throwing up the gauntlet, knowing it's going to be just shot down instantly. All right. Why the objections? On what basis? The widespread fraud. That happened. Totally baseless, proven not true allegations of fraud. And what the senators are saying, we're not saying fraud, but there are irregularities. Let's recount in those states in which the president lost. We want a new election. Or just overturn it. And let's give it to the legislature, the Republican legislatures, to determine who the next president is going to be. And uh, then... Uh, move uh, a new electoral college vote forward. I mean, it's kind of crazy. And, uh, of course, it's going to say fail, uh, because uh, theoretically, a Republican-run Senate would be in favor of uh, the president. Right? Well, Mitch McConnell is going to vote against it. Uh, You only have uh, 13 senators. Everybody else is going to vote against it. Of course, it's going to fail in the Senate. And uh, the House is controlled by the Democrats, and uh, even though 140 uh, Republicans say they're going to vote uh, in favor of the objections, uh, what does that mean? Well, okay, 140 out of 435, it's a third, all right? And now what? Of course they're going to lose. Now, I'll tell you what those who are objecting. They talk about the irregularities, they talk about the fraud, I have yet to hear one of them mention 50 cases that have been thrown out by the courts. State courts, federal courts, Supreme Court, they don't mention that. They just keep on glossing over that and ignoring that ever happened. But there are real allegations. There's real fraud coming out. And, of course, uh, the top of the heap in terms of alleging fraud is the president, who tweeted this morning that he that they have found another 50,000 votes for Donald Trump uh that were lost and they just discovered him now and i i'm assume that's going to be brought up today so uh this is uh, going to be interesting so let me tell you what happens and why uh federal law controls this incidentally how all of this is done now, congress has to meet on january 6th and open up sealed certificates from each state uh, in which uh, the state has um, voted for and confirmed and certified the electoral votes. That's been done. Every state has done that. 50 states in the District of Columbia. And the votes, I mean, it's a whole, it's it's an interesting, uh, I I guess the way you would call it, it's uh, actually, it's a play Uh, that you see, a spectacle, a sitcom. Today it's going to be a sitcom. But here's what happened. The votes are brought into the chamber in special mahogany boxes just used for that. And uh, representative both parties read out the results. And these tellers, uh, the people that bring in the votes, are congresspeople. Sometimes there's aides, pages, who bring it in. And uh, those are put on the uh, 
on the lectern uh, in front of uh, the vice president who's presiding over uh, the uh, the Senate, in this case, both chambers of Congress, but you're in the congressional area because that's by far the biggest. And so uh, the boxes go down. The votes are in there. Representative of both parties read out the votes. And the vice president simply declares the winner. That's what the vice president does. That's his job. He opens the envelope and tells us who won best picture. Doesn't vote. Doesn't control. Uh, doesn't compile, doesn't count, just reads it out, which is kind of interesting because the president wants him to undo that and thinks that he has the power to do that. And uh, now, what happens if there is a tie? Aha! Let me go into that because there's more. Oh, there's plenty more that is going to happen today. And the fireworks are starting at 10 o'clock this morning. Uh, We'll be back with that. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Oh, and a thousand dollars that you can win when we come back. Uh, Jennifer, you're right. Buying a mattress can be tough. With so many choices, it's overwhelming. Where do you even start? Introducing Bedmatch, a patented diagnostic system that determines your pressure points and recommends the mattresses that are best for your individual sleep needs. Sounds easy, right? It is. And it's found only at Mattress Warehouse. Try Bedmatch at a mattress warehouse near you. Visit sleephappens.com for locations and get free next day delivery on select purchases. Mattress Warehouse. SleepHappens.com Has COVID done anything for business? Absolutely. It's proven that your business needs cloud computing more than ever. So migrate now to get optimal security and access for your work from anywhere workforce. No cloud offers more than the Microsoft Cloud. And no one gets your business into the Microsoft Cloud better than CloudForce. It's all they do. Start now at GoCloudForce.com. That's GoCloudForce.com. And uh, good morning, Bill Handel here on a Wednesday morning, January 6th, KFI. Before we go on to what's going to be happening today, I want to finish that up. Uh, here's your chance to win $1,000. For your chance at 1000 bucks, text the nationwide keyword money, M-O-N-E-Y, to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's money to 200-200. And if you win, you'll get a phone call from a number you don't recognize, probably 513 area code. Uh, you don't pick it up. Next person on the list uh, gets the phone call. Uh, and it's every day uh, from, uh, what is it, uh, 520 uh, a.m. to 620 p.m. And it's 20 minutes after the hour. And uh, back we go to what's going to happen today uh, with the vote. The vote of the Electoral College, or at least the announcement of the Electoral College vote and the confirmation of uh, the president-elect that he is, in fact, the president-elect. So the two chambers, Senate and uh, the House, meet uh, today at uh, noon, midday. And uh, there is uh, who presides, the vice president, to announce uh, who won the election or who or the number of electoral votes. Uh, If he can't be there, and there's a whole world to Pence being there or not, uh, because that is going to be hilarious, too. If he can't be there, uh, then it's uh, Chuck Grassley of Iowa, uh, Republican. And the presiding officer, Grassley or Pence, actually, uh, because he'll probably be there, presents the certificates of the electoral votes in alphabetical order of the states. 
and the appointed, quote, tellers, the ones who uh, dis- who pre- present the actual votes uh, in these boxes uh, to the presiding officer, uh, then read each certificate out loud and record the votes. And then uh, on that paper, hands it to the vice president, and the vice president announces who won the majority of the electoral votes, and therefore we have a new president. Well, uh, after a teller reads uh, the certificate from any state, because it's done in alphabetical order, any member of either the state, the Senate, or the House, because remember they're in one room, uh, the uh, House chamber, can stand up and object to that state's votes on any grounds. We have 12 senators and 140 congresspeople are going to do exactly that. And so what happens? Uh, the vote suspended right there. Senate goes into Senate chambers. House goes into the House chambers. And they go into debate for up to two hours. Every senator and or congressperson uh, has up to five minutes and they're going to go ahead and debate it, and then a vote is taken. Now, that gets kind of interesting, uh, because theoretically, anybody, uh, any senator and any congressperson can stand up and argue why the vote should not go on or should be discarded. Five minutes, and then a vote has to be taken. And that goes state to state. Now, only six states are going to be objected to. No one's going to object to uh, Texas. No one's going to object uh, to South Dakota because the overwhelming win was for Trump. And so up to two hours. And then the vote has to be taken. Now, this gets interesting. Do they do uh, a single count vote? Because that can take an hour, 435 members of Congress. Right. Congressman Smith, how do you vote? I or uh, does the speaker, Nancy Pelosi, just do a voice vote? How many eyes? Oh, how many nays? Nay. Uh, the eyes have it. Don't know. Uh, it's not clear how that's done in the statute. And uh, it just keeps on going and going. And I don't know if it's going to be carried or not. And if there is a tie, uh, this gets hilarious, too. If there is a tie, which is almost impossible, I mean, already senators, uh, enough senators that we're not going to vote for it, and certainly the House members aren't going to object uh, or uphold the objection, then the House of Representatives uh, goes ahead and selects, uh, actually selects the president, decides whether, oh, it doesn't select the president, decides whether those uh, electoral votes should be dismissed. And so, uh, of course, none of this is going to happen. It is pure spectacle. And why are they doing it? Why? Well, obviously, because of the influence of Donald Trump. No one, everybody is frightened of Donald Trump. At least those members of Congress are scared to death. You don't want to get on Trump's bad side because Trump's political power among his base can make or break any single uh, elected official that career. And I want to tell you when it's happened before. It's happened before. And uh, I was reading uh, this history book, which I do a lot, and uh, this happened. Let me explain. Uh, uh, the House at that time, just before the vote, tried to pass a spending bill, much like the ominous bill we were talking about, the bill that was just vo- uh, vetoed by the president. And uh, there was a Virginian senator, a guy by the name of Musco Garnett, uh, who called the president... Uh, the new president guilty of tyranny. I mean, it got really vicious. And during a prayer by the chaplain before the vote started, 
Uh, he stormed out, stamping his feet, denouncing the proceedings. Other senators denounced the proceedings. And after 12 o'clock afternoon, the House welcomes the entire Senate. The uh, presiding officer was the vice president at that time, uh, Breckenridge, and gave uh, he Breckenridge gave the boxes with the votes to the tellers. And the vice president of the United States at that point, and there was a fight just like now, uh, certified the election. Reading Abraham Lincoln of Illinois, having received a majority of the whole of the electoral votes, is elected president of the United States for four years, commencing on the 4th of March. Uh, that's uh, presidents that uh, were inaugurated on the 4th of March in those days. And the whole thing took about two hours. Today, how long do you think it's going to take? Uh, could take a day. Could take 14 hours, 18 hours. And Congress has to meet. I mean, this is a joint session. They can't go home. They have to meet. And if you have enough senators and enough congressmen who are objecting, which they are, and they all want to spend their five minutes and objecting to every state, there won't be six you figure it out. 140 times 5 times 6. Uh, that's for the House. And the Senate is 12 times uh, 5 times 6. Five minutes times six states. It's going to be re- very interesting today. All right. Uh, coming up, um, yeah, let's do uh, what is happening uh, with today. Boy, what a vice the president has put, uh, not only Vice President Pence, but uh, these members of Congress and the Senate. He's not doing uh, the party any favors. I'll be back with that. KFI AM640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Buying a mattress can be tough. With so many choices, it's overwhelming. Where do you even start? Introducing BedMatch, a patented diagnostic system that determines your pressure points and recommends the mattresses that are best for your individual sleep needs. Sounds easy, right? It is. And it's found only at Mattress Warehouse. Try BedMatch at a mattress warehouse near you. Visit sleephappens.com for locations and Get free next-day delivery on select purchases. Mattress Warehouse. SleepHappens.com It's Word to the Wise, a new podcast from Wise Markets, exploring how history can fuel innovation and make where we live better. Our predication is that we want customers to understand that we're there giving them the freshest, best quality product we can get, sourcing them from local needs, that we're keeping the farmers sustained, as well as uh, making sure that the consumers have the best quality products available. Word to the Wise, available now on iHeartRadio, iTunes, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. What a time, what a time to be alive. And uh, good morning, Bill Handel here and uh, the morning crew. It is a uh, Wednesday morning, January 6th. Uh, some of the big stories that we are covering today, uh, well, certainly uh, the... Uh, Georgia race, and I'll talk about that in a moment. And also, um, L.A. County has already said, just stay home. Don't even go out uh, because of the number of deaths uh, that are exploding uh, here in the Southland, particularly L.A. County. Uh, And we're now, I guess, the world epicenter of uh, the the, uh, virus. Bad news. All right. 
Now back to politics for a moment. Today we're doing politics uh, for the most part because of what is happening in Georgia. Uh, Raphael Warnock has won the race. He is the new senator uh, coming from Georgia. And right now it's a toss-up between uh, Democrat John Ossoff and David Perdue, Republican. Too close to call. And if I had to guess, uh, Ossoff is going to take it, which means uh, the House, the Senate is going to flip. I mean, it's a big, big deal. So now... Uh, I've been tell- telling you about Vice President uh, Pence. He's the one that has to announce today that Joe Biden has won the election. He won the Electoral College votes. Therefore, he is the president. This is the final nail that makes Joe Biden the new president. And we have an Electoral College system. We don't have direct uh, uh, voting for president or vice president. We've gone through that before. But look what the president has done. And Joe, uh, and Pence is right here at uh, the edge of the bayonet. Trump has asked Pence to disallow the votes. To outright say, no, there may be the votes, but I'm not allowing those votes to be uh, counted or uh, to be registered. He can't do that. He's even told the president, I don't have the right to do that. I don't have the power. And uh, the president's putting a lot of pressure on Pence. And here is what is going on. He even said, the president said, if he doesn't do it, I don't like him very much or I don't like him as much. And the pressure he's putting on the Republicans to try to undermine this vote, I mean, to, to reverse the vote. To ignore the Electoral College, have a a recount, or just say he's the president. Notwithstanding the Electoral College win, uh, the pressure is intense. And it's broken down between you're either with me or you're against me. Well, the problem is those that are with him in Congress and uh, in the Senate are a minority. They're not going to win. And they are now... Uh, they are gathering, uh, well, the president is uh, putting a lot of pressure. He's made it very clear. You don't do this for me. Uh, I am going to make sure that you lose the next election. He did that with Rathsberger, who is a secretary of state, because uh, Rathsberger said, uh, uh, secretary of state of Georgia said, hey, the election is solid. Uh, Trump, you lost. Biden won. We have all of these safeguards. And Trump is so angry at him for stating the obvious, not saying that uh, Georgia election was fraudulent and therefore Trump really won. Because remember, uh, a couple days ago, Trump said he won Georgia by hundreds of thousands of votes. And this morning he tweeted, say they just found another 50,000 votes somewhere. And the evidence will be presented today that they found the 50,000 votes. I mean, it's votes have been found and found. And, of course, 50 courts have said, I, no, there's no proof. You're just saying it. And so look what the president has done. He, split the, he has split the Republican Party right down the middle. He has not done the Republicans any favors. And these Republicans who have backed him are now caught between a rock and a hard place because the party is now going to be a... Trump party uh, and a Republican party. Effectively, the Trump has his own party. Matter of fact, they may spin off and make it a Trump party. And if you don't back Trump, and these are senators and Congress people from the day Trump was elected, the fealty they gave him, they would stand, it would take a bullet for him. Whatever the president says, I will do. And now the president is saying, undo this election. 
And you've got a few that say, uh, Mr. President, we can't, or most are saying, Mr. President, we can't. I mean, this is the Constitution. This is the law. This is how it works. You lost the election. There's no proof of fraud. You're just saying it. I'm going to destroy your political career is what's coming back. And by the way, he has the power to do that. So what does a Republican do? Running for office next time out. Uh, Does he go for uh, mainstream Republicanism? Or does he simply say, damn the torpedoes, I am backing Donald Trump. And that means, incidentally, uh, backing Donald Trump for another run in 2024 and being on Trump's side for the next four years, which destroys any political ambitions anybody has in the Republican Party. Because uh, what uh, the president will do, assuming he announces uh, that he is going to run in 2024, he will demand four years of you going out of that uh, Republican senator, congressperson, secretary of state of a state, doesn't matter, uh, going out and actually pitching for the Trump presidency. And if you don't, I'm going to make sure you lose the next election because I'm going to tell my people to make sure that you lose Can you imagine the quandary these people are in and how much influence does the president now have? Here's the other thing that uh, the Republican Party is looking at. Uh, Losing the general election, the presidency, and uh, certainly losing uh, one of the Senate seats in Georgia to the Democrats and probably losing the other seat. And the president will be given uh, will be blamed for those losses. Because right now, among mainstream Republicans, President Trump is toxic. And the choice they are going to have is either we join the toxicity and pray that the president is on our side and tells the base this is a good guy, or joins the mainstream and realizes the president is not doing any favors and all I'm going to get is the base and uh, then the ire of the president uh, comes down upon the uh, upon them uh, like a shroud. Boy, what a decision uh, has to be made by these people. And uh, well, uh, we'll see. Right now, there is a uh, rally going on in Washington D.C. A Save America rally uh, to ask uh, that Congress uh, overturn the election. I mean, just a lot going on to say the least. All right, coming up. Uh, I want to spend a couple minutes talking about uh, Georgia and Stacey Abrams, uh, how a black woman who lost the gubernatorial race in Georgia has become such an influence. And this is uh, it's an extraordinary story. And in the middle of it is this Georgia election. And I'll talk all about that coming up. KFI. I know you never get just what you see, but I will never bore you, baby. And uh, we're back. Bill Handel on a Wednesday morning, uh, January uh, 6th. And uh, uh, we're going to have fun coming up uh, a little bit later on uh, uh, moving into COVID. Well, that's not particularly fun, but some stories about that. Uh, So let me finish it up with what's going on in uh, Georgia and do a little history. And uh, let's start with uh, the fact that um, uh, Raphael Warnock won the uh, the Senate race in uh, Georgia. He's the new senator uh, Democrat. And right now, John Ossoff is ahead of David Perdue, uh, the Republican. And he 
probably is going to win. But, you know, why is Georgia so important uh, to all of this? Uh, Well, uh, Georgia has been at the center of uh, not only the anti-black sentiment throughout history in this country, but also uh, virtually at the center of the black vote the emergence of uh, the African-American as a true political force. Georgia was right at the heart of it, which is what makes this so important, because it was the black vote that really put Warnock and will put Ossoff over the top. And the history of where it was and when it has arrived is uh, all the difference in the world. Uh, the concerns, the racism in Georgia, the anti-black voting sentiment in Georgia goes back to the 1860s, uh, back to the Reconstruction era, uh, when the first 33 black members of the Georgia General Assembly were voted in. Uh, and then uh, that same year, they were elected in 1868, then that same year they were removed from office because they were black. And one quarter of them were killed or beaten or jailed. That's Georgia. And for almost a century, the anti-black sentiment, the uh, inability of blacks to vote, uh, was part of Georgia history. And here is a, uh, a stunner for you. That um, uh, there was a poll tax in Georgia, which means people had to pay money to vote. And that was considered anti-black. Why? Because uh, African-Americans didn't have money. They were the the poorest of the poor in Georgia. So the only people that actually had the money to uh, vote were effectively whites. I mean, that is how it broke down demographically, although, quote, everybody had to pay the poll tax. Same thing with literacy exams. You know, uh, and they would ask uh, African-Americans, like, the most obscure question. Who is the vice president of the United States? Uh, in 1803. Who was the president in 1803? Who the hell knows that unless you studied history? Jefferson. So they were asking some really difficult questions. And then the poll tax. Do you know when the poll tax ended? Uh, it was uh, 1964. The 24th Amendment. Prior to 1964, you could have a poll tax. You could actually make people pay money to vote. And that was uh, aimed directly at African Americans. So out of Georgia comes uh, the movement, the center of the movement. Andrew Young, Georgia, uh, former Atlantic, uh, Atlanta mayor, congressman, United Nations ambassador, civil rights activist, said people died for this right, and I knew many of them. He was there with Martin Luther King at Selma. He was there in Memphis next to Martin Luther King when he was assassinated. Stacey Abrams, who uh, is a failed politician. Here's an African-American woman who uh, almost won the Georgia uh, governorship. But lost it. So when's the last time you've seen a failed politician having this kind of national stature? Why? Because she is an activist? Because she is uh, relentless in her move for uh, registering black voters? 
has been virtually her whole life. And if you look at Raphael Warnock, African-American, elected to the Senate in Georgia, which used to be a rabid southern state, Republican, solid as a rock, and it flipped. And it flipped because of African-Americans, and it flipped because of Stacey Abrams, and it flipped because of Andrew Young, and it flipped because of the organizers. And that is the history. So today, it's not just Georgia has flipped. And it's not just that uh, Georgia has flipped uh, the Senate, assuming that uh, Ossoff wins. It is the culmination of a history going back uh, literally uh, 160 years. Coming up, let's go to COVID. Your COVID system, uh, your symptoms, and why you should put that on the internet and why you're not on social media. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We lead local. Live from the KFI 24-hour newsroom, I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee. And uh, good morning, Bill Handel, on a uh, Wednesday morning, January the 6th. As uh, we continue on with the show today being uh, a pretty important day, Uh, a lot of history is uh, occurring right now. Uh, Congress is about to convene and uh, count the electoral votes, and uh, there is a move afoot uh, among, as we've been talking about, uh, senators and congresspeople to undo the vote, unravel it. And uh, say, uh, we're not going to accept the president uh, as uh, the the vice president, former vice president, as our president. And we're going to do everything we can to uh, effectively make Donald Trump the president of the United States for all kinds of political reasons. We talked about it. All right. So let's move over to COVID for a moment. And uh, there is a comedian, very well-known comedian by the name of Michael Rappaport. And he took the Instagram and uh, he that he has a lot of followers, and he uh, effectively made this plea. Actually, that's what he said. Quote, if you, ca- if you get COVID-19, post about your symptoms. Anybody with a platform, I'm begging you, please, if you have coronavirus, if you just had coronavirus, put the effing camera in front of your face and share your story. People don't, uh, people don't believe this crap, didn't use that word, is real. Some people know that it's real. If you have the virus at this point, I'm begging everybody to share your story. Do you feel great? Do you not feel great? Was it a cold? Was it not a cold? Uh, How did it affect you? And then he said, there ain't no effing I in team. Uh, There's a giant effing I in COVID. And so what's this about? Well, uh, one of the things about posting, what it does is uh, two things. Help the authorities determine who and who does not have COVID and simply helps gather the data. How fast is it spreading? Uh, how, uh, where it's spreading? What are the geographical areas? If they can uh, ascertain that because uh, it, it just makes all the sense in the world. This is where all the data mining in the world has to come to uh, the forefront. And uh, why is, why are people not doing it? And there's the problem. Why does he have to go out and beg people to do it? Because, uh, getting having COVID today is stigmatizes you, which I've never understood. 
When I hear about someone I know having COVID or even getting very sick or even dying, and I don't know anybody who has died, but I know people have been in the hospital and are very sick uh, but have been able to come home, I I don't view it as the stigmatization. You know, just, oh, my God. Oh, Oh, God, I hope he's okay. I hope she's okay. But I seem to be, well, if not in the minority... Uh, certainly, uh, there are plenty of people out there that think if you have COVID and you admit it, there is something wrong with you. You've done something wrong. It's like mask shaming, uh, which is very public and out there. But if you admit it, friends, family, oh, you've done something wrong. You didn't uh, wash your hands enough. You weren't careful enough. Well, you know what? Today, you can have all the care in the world because what we have is community transmission and you don't know where you have gotten it. The only way, and we've talked about this before, the only way that you are safe is total, complete lockdown. You do not leave your house until, I guess, next summer. Now, a lot of us did the lockdown when the pandemic first came out. And the streets were empty. But look what happened uh, over uh, the holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's. Uh, That surge upon the surge upon the surge is just nailing us. We're getting smashed with it. And so uh, how this became stigmatized, uh, you know, I just don't get it. And and this harkens back to the history of stigmatizing people. Uh, HIV. Right. If you had HIV, there was something wrong with you. Uh, If uh, you have a mental illness, there's something wrong with you. There's something morally wrong with you. It's not, if you have, uh, even with cancer, if you have a broken bone, if you have a gallbladder issue, uh, back surgery, uh, there's nothing wrong with you. Uh, But if you have HIV, there's something wrong. If you have mental illness, eh, there's something wrong. I mean, it goes down the the, the board. If you're fat, you're lazy. But that's that simple. You can't be a hard-working, successful fat person. Uh, it's completely insane. And so it just continues on and on, and this has reached uh, a level. See, if you're fat, it's not going to kill me. Uh, if you have COVID uh, and you don't share it, now it's not directly uh, not going to kill me, but if you have COVID and you can share it and it helps the authorities determine who and what and how, uh, that is dangerous not to uh, post that stuff. It's all part of helping. It's all part of using masks. It's all part of social distancing. It's all part of washing your hands. It's all part of making sure that you, your family, your friends are at the safest point. It's all part of just staying within your very small group of people. And even that is no longer uh, being recommended. Now, what's recommended is uh, you don't go out. You don't have family gatherings. You know, thank goodness I never talk or deal with my family anyway, so it's easy for me. I'm always in the other room, so it all works out. All right, jobless benefits. Uh, The coronavirus jobless benefits, the fraud and prisoners, uh, that's come up a few times. Boy, the numbers are just astronomical, and that's coming up. KFI AM640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Jennifer Jones-Lee.
KFI AM640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Bill Handel, Wednesday morning, January 6th. Congress is about to meet to count the electoral votes uh, to confirm that uh, Joe Biden's going to be the next president. That's happening in a few minutes. At the same time, there is a rally outside the White House that the president is going to be speaking at, the current president, uh, a Save America, Save His Presidency rally. Uh, in which he is going to keep on alleging the fraud. Although this morning, uh, the president tweeted uh, that uh, he found, or they found, his people found another 50,000 votes that were not counted uh, in Georgia. So at this point, it's reached, uh, I don't know how many millions of votes have not been counted. Uh, I guess the entire population of Georgia. And so that is going on uh, already uh, Raphael Warnock has been declared the winner of the Senate race uh, between David Perdue and John Ossoff. Ossoff is ahead by some 16,000 votes. And uh, since the ones that have not yet been counted come from Democratic areas, uh, it looks like Ossoff is also going to take it. Now let's move over to the uh, coronavirus issue. Uh, oh, yeah. Before we do that, your chance to win $1,000. For your chance at 1000 bucks, text the nationwide keyword PAY, P-A-Y, to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's PAY to 200-200. And if you win, you'll get a phone call from a number you don't recognize. You have to pick it up, usually from a 513 area code. If you don't, next person on the list gets the call. Uh, and uh, you can do that every day uh, here on KFI. Uh, the winning keyword, uh, 20 minutes after the hour, between 5.20 a.m., 6.20 p.m., your chance to win 1000 bucks. Now, let's move into uh, some of not the COVID stories that are going to kill you, uh, the COVID stories that are costing us a fortune. And we're not talking about the medical issues, and uh, we know all of that, but... Uh, the fraud that's going on. Now, when this thing first broke and uh, the federal government and the state government were, were writing checks like crazy because there was no choice, inevitably fraud uh, had to be part and parcel. We knew it, but we had no choice because literally in a matter of days, uh, trillions of dollars were being sent out. And so there was no way to determine and to go through setting up an anti-fraud procedure and an oversight. I mean, you just can't do it. Well, uh, uh, the EDD, uh, which is um, the State Unemployment Development Department, hands out uh, unemployment checks, uh, just did an analysis. And uh, it has to do with, and this particular one is a butte, and that is uh, prisoners uh, getting unemployment checks fraudulently from the state, and not just in the state, from all over the country and Florida for some reason, seems to be the epicenter of this. I mean, we're talking, well, the analysis found um, $42 million, uh, and that is just the first go-round. They're now looking at $96 million as they're investigating uh, the fraud claim from prisoners. And... Here is one that I'm looking at this figure, and I thought there was a decimal point issue. Uh, Authorities are learning that fraudulent claims uh, from California, California aid, could reach $4 billion. Now, $96 million, $42 million, as horrible as that is, uh, that, you know, it, it's not a lot of money for a state budget of over $100 billion. But when you're talking about 
$4 billion, where uh, fraud is uh, being accused of uh, costing. Now we're talking some serious, serious money. Uh, There's a new director of the EDD, and uh, she said... Uh, this is uh, just a top priority for us to find out what happened. Now, are they going to get any money back? Well, yeah, prisoners are going to hand back money, aren't they? Somebody scammed the system, and they're already in prison. Uh, basically, what do they care? Uh, the point is that uh, the systems have to be in place. And I know we talk about how horrible the government is and uh, look at the bureaucracy. You know, but keep in mind uh, that this all happens so quickly. Uh, it, even the... For example, the vaccine, uh, Operation Warp Speed, uh, six manufacturers were given billions of dollars each under contract. And Operation Warp Speed has created, uh, at this point, two vaccines are successful, maybe another third. So what happens if uh, two of them, of the six, don't work? Does the government get nailed? Oh, my God, look at the billions of dollars you wasted. Hey, we had no choice. And I think the same thing flies through here. We go back, we investigate, and we find out uh, that, you know, they talk about everybody has a good heart. Uh, That's a crock, just to let you know. Uh, People don't have good hearts. Uh, People are fraudsters, and the only reason uh, they aren't is because they may get caught. There's a reason why we have stop signs up there. People don't stop on their own. And there's a reason there's a cop around the corner looking at you. Coming up, handle on the news, late edition, right here on KFI. Let's check in with you. It's a great time to get a great deal on a new car when you get approved for an auto loan from PenFed. Our powered by True Car rates are as low as 1.39% APR on new vehicles. Finance for a longer term to lower your monthly bill. Plus, take up to 60 days to schedule your first payment. Join PenFed, and together, we'll keep you moving forward. Anyone can apply. Visit PenFed.org auto or call 1-800-247-5626. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. KFI AM 640. An iHeart radio station. 24-hour news. More stimulating talk. Handle on the news. Late edition. Handle on the news. Bill Handel. Just shut up! I mean, give me a break! And now, here's Bill Handel. And good morning! Uh, Bill Handel here. It is a uh, Wednesday morning uh, coming up at 10 o'clock. The vote starts in uh, Congress, uh, counting of the electoral votes to confirm uh, the win, uh, the announcement that uh, Joe Biden will be the president. Uh, There is a rally going on, a Save America rally in front of the White House. The president, uh, President Trump, scheduled to speak. I don't think he started yet. Uh, It's uh, a it's a zoo. All right. Let's uh, do it, guys. We still got a lot of show to do. Uh, Let's start with Handle on the News Late Edition. Jennifer Jones, Lee, Wayne and me. Lead story. The surge in Los Angeles uh, keeps on going, and it's healthcare workers. Uh, thousands of them uh, have tested positive just in December, 2,200 just in December. And uh, across the board, uh, the numbers are uh, climbing like crazy. Uh, yesterday, 3,600 deaths across the U.S. 
Uh, you've got uh, almost, uh, well, 131,000 hospitalizations. But uh, uh, let me just give you uh, a comparison here because I, I put this together. And that is 357,000 deaths to date of coronavirus this year or last year within the last calendar year. All right. Uh, during uh, Pearl Harbor, 2,400 uh, men died. Okay, so we're doing a Pearl Harbor plus 1,200 every day. So we're doing north of a Pearl Harbor per day. World War I, 53,000. Uh, well, let me put it this way. All of the wars that we've done, including the Civil War, every war that Americans have been involved in, from the Civil War to right now in Afghanistan, 648,000 deaths, and we're halfway there within one year. And it is, uh, and it's going to get worse. And so the race is uh, just going on, and the health authorities are saying, just stay home. Just stay home. Don't even move. You know, you can get uh, coronavirus uh, from your toilet seat, so don't even use your toilet. I hadn't read that. Yeah. All right. The headline, you would think, Congress convenes to certify Electoral College vote won by Biden. You would think there's nothing very exciting behind that, except for today will be anything, I'm sure, but normal. So already you've got Vice President Pence, who's being closely watched as he presides over the session. Even though he has no power to actually overturn anything, the president has put so much pressure on him to make something happen, to somehow make this go in his way. Yet even Biden and even Pence has said there's not. What, what am I supposed to do? Well, no, Pence has plenty of power, and that's the power to piss off the president. Well, I think that is very possible today. Well, uh, in the still not called Senate seat in Georgia, the Democratic candidate John Ossoff is already claiming victory. And it makes sense. Uh, Jennifer, you had just come up with uh, some figures uh, before we started uh, the segment. Yeah, so you've got John Ossoff leading David Perdue right now by about 16,000 votes. But according to the Georgia election officials, I was just watching them, and I would say there's anywhere around 60,000 votes that have yet to be counted. They are hoping that those ballots can be certified by at least 1 o'clock by the county so that they can at least say this is how many we have left to vote. But the uh, election official that they had up there was asked specifically, was Is there any fraud or have you noticed any irregularities in this election? And he said, no irregularities. And he said there was uh, it's only in the president's fertile mind that he's finding fraud that does not exist. Uh, Yeah. And uh, you're going to find uh, 12 senators and uh, probably 140 congresspeople uh, that share the president's fertile mind. Uh, that are saying, uh, no, nope, this election is no good. Let's go back and uh, either redo the election uh, or just hand it over to the president. Just say, uh, hey, you over there in the corner, uh, Trump, you're the president. All right. There's a new law that requires federal agents to identify themselves to protesters. Oh, freedom of speech, freedom of death. Wouldn't you think that this would be normal? I, I thought that... 
Yeah, well, you I, see I these, think I would have thought this was already yeah, in place. Because every time you see a raid, uh, unless it's undercover, the police uh, have those jackets, say police, ATF, FBI, uh, that you see those. And uh, it makes sense to me that they should be identified. But This if- wasn't an issue until the protests up in Portland when you had uh, DHS personnel going out there not marked as who they were and picking people up and taking them off the street and detaining them uh, without ever telling them specifically who they were or why they were being detained. So in other words, until this recent round of protest, you didn't have anybody complaining that, hey, feds came and got me and they didn't tell me who they were. It was kind of a new idea that they tried and it got smacked down pretty quick because Congress uh, put this requirement in that Defense Authorization Act. Which makes sense. Absolutely. I mean, I, I certainly don't disagree with that. Let's do one more. And well, uh, can I just add really fast that we Alex just sent this to me. Uh, speaking of not identifying themselves when it comes to the no knock warrant in Louisville, the police have just fired two detectives in the Breonna Taylor shooting. Two more. So I think this is a total of three now. Yeah. All right, now we'll take a break. Sorry. Uh, and that's okay. No, it's important just to stuff. squeeze that in there. No, that's fine. Uh, we'll come back and uh, we'll finish up panel on the news late edition. In the meantime. And uh, good morning, Bill Handel. Wednesday, January 6th, we finish Handel on the news, late edition, Jennifer, Wayne, and me. The same judge in Britain who said Julian Assange can't be extradited to the U.S. says Julian Assange can't be released from prison either. The U.S. government is appealing her decision, so that's one thing. She might end up being overturned and he gets extradited. And the other thing is he's still considered a flight risk because uh, he failed to appear for some earlier legal matters there in Britain. So, And he, and he hid out in the Ecuadorian embassy for seven years yes, to, he did. Uh, to simply avert being arrested. And he's been granted asylum in Mexico. Uh, So there are all kinds of risks. Now, we have a new administration coming in, and I think not only uh, is the new administration going to drop extradition, it's going to probably try to beat Mexico for granting asylum to Assange. (laughs) I don't think it's going to go that far. We're going to give you, uh, yes, we're going to grant you asylum, uh, and we're not going to try to extradite you to us. It's all very complicated legally. Just listen to Handle on the Law on uh, Saturday mornings, and you'll learn a lot. It'll be a reality show in a house with uh, Assange and uh, yes. Chelsea Manning. And where's Kevin Mitnick these days? Yes. Get him in there, too. This is hard to believe. But Kim Jong-un has admitted failure. And the thing it I know. You should see Wayne's face. The North Korean leader opened the country's first Workers' Party Congress in five years with a speech saying almost all of the country's economic goals have fallen short. Now, he says the challenges facing his government are unprecedented and the worst ever, and he promised to set new goals to address poverty. Did he actually accept blame or did he say, oh, there's all these problems in the world, all these challenges, and we haven't been able to do because he said the only way we can overcome this is to strengthen our own power. I don't think it was a mea culpa. I think it was admitting you guys need to worship me even more. But I think uh, even admitting that is a huge step for Kim Jong-un. Well... 
is Tubin back or not? Oh boy, uh, Jeffrey Tubin fired from the New Yorker magazine after that incident on a Zoom call where people could see his private part. And- he was masturbating. Oh uh, my! Which is right. a new. By the way, it's a new verb uh, to Tubin. Yeah, you know, I tubing, you tubing. He was caught tubing. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then he's been in kind of a state of suspension with CNN. They didn't fire him yet. So right. so there's still a question of might he come back to CNN. Anyway, he apparently tweeted, many thanks, I'll be back, and then deleted that tweet. Yeah, so no people were trying to figure out what the heck that was about. You know, it wouldn't, I can do- be the fir- it wouldn't be the first time he showed people something that he didn't want them to see, though. Oh, oh well, then. I can do 45 minutes on this right now as a stand-up. <clears throat> First of all, uh, his uh, unfortunate name, Tube In. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've got that one. And then his tweets uh, that I'll be back and forth. And oh, uh, oh my. Well, oh, so wait, you're not just hypothetically saying you could do 45 minutes on it. You're now doing 45 minutes on it. Uh, that is correct. All right. Waitress, uh, can I have a slow gin fizz, please, while I listen to the show? Thank you. I'm sorry server person no that's demeaning too hospitality professional may yes, i have a slow gym fizz while i watch yeah. january is slavery and human trafficking prevention month and metro has a message for its riders no it says that uh, many people are being trafficked now more than ever because of the pandemic and a lot of times you have victims transported on buses and trains so metro is asking riders now to look out for any signs of human trafficking already its employees are trained on how to report human trafficking and help victims but metro says you know hey here's you're another set of eyes just be on the lookout for this as well yeah it uh but I, I have a, que- a quick question to ask, and uh, this is not, that's not me being an ass, but uh, people on the Metro, uh, right? How many are not depressed, anxious, or tense? You ever gone on a subway or a Metro on a bus? Everybody looks like their best dog just died. <sighs> have you ever gone on a Metro bus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, oh. that's a good, you have. Sure. Really? Sure. And wow. everybody looks depressed as hell. No one's happy. You ever see anybody smile? They don't engage. They're not talking. Uh, just everybody is introverted. And uh, it's, you know, it's a pretty depressing uh, way of traveling, I found. Uh, I mean, it is. You know, no one's a happy camper. All right. But if you see something that you think might be suspicious, passive. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. And they're trained. And, and you're talking about professionals training them to where there are nuances and subtleties. And uh, uh, this well, is... No, the, I think I think is, in this case, Metro is saying just you, Bill, you, handle. Yeah. Next time you get on that Metro bus, keep your eyes peeled. Because they're saying we already trained our employees. Now we need your okay, help. Okay, fair enough. All right, guys, uh, we're done. Uh, let's just move into a situation or into a, a topic that's not COVID-related, that's not politics Uh, And it's all about meatless meat. Now, Neil and I have talked about meatless meat for a while, but it is uh, there's a new chapter in this story. And I'll be back and share that with you. And then coming up at 920, uh, 
your returns, internet returns, that had, there's a whole story there too. KFI AM640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Fuel your healthy food choices with flavor that gets you through the day. If you're committed to paleo, keto, or Mediterranean, America's original super nut is your diet super snack. A handful does the trick. Learn more at AmericanPecan.com. AmericanPecan.com. Did you know buying a mattress at Mattress Warehouse means you have a one-year price guarantee? Find a better price? They'll match it, plus 50% of the difference. Why buy anywhere else? Mattress Warehouse. Sleephappens.com. Mattress Warehouse. Sleephappens.com. And uh, good morning, everybody. Bill Handel here. Uh, it is a Wednesday morning, uh, January 6th. Uh, we're just a little ways away from uh, Congress. Uh, certifying Joe Biden as uh, the winner of the Electoral College and therefore uh, officially proclaim uh, him uh, president, uh, the new president of the United States. And Mike Pence is going to do that, uh, we think. In the meantime, there's a rally going on right now. Uh, the president speaking at a Save America rally. I mean, there are tens of thousands of people there. And he is, uh, I mean, it's actually uh, hilarious. Uh, he is up there uh, saying, of course, that uh, uh, he won the election by zillions of votes. And he said all uh, Mike Pence has to do is not accept the vote and send it back to the states uh, to re-vote, take away the certification. And uh, the president just said, and the states want to do that. The states want to have another election. Okay. Uh, it, it truly is a sitcom, isn't it? Uh, this whole thing. And hopefully it'll be over uh, by this afternoon. Uh, oh, and I, I haven't heard this one. Uh, I haven't heard. And I, I'm actually very pleased about that. I have not heard the Republicans uh, saying that uh, the Georgia elections, uh, the Senate elections, uh, because already uh, Warnock has won. Uh, Ossoff is about to win. I have not heard uh, any Republicans say this is a fraud, uh, that it was rigged. Now, the president just said that, but uh, hopefully this the election was rigged is limited to uh, President Trump. And then uh, everybody moves on uh, to uh, we actually have free elections in this country. Now, uh, I want to talk totally on a subject that's not politics. And uh, when I read this article, and this was Neil uh, who helped me out on this, because Neil Savader and I have been talking about this issue. As a matter of fact, uh, the first meatless meat I ever tasted was uh, with Neil. And he took me down the street uh, uh, to, I think, Wami Burger. It was uh, right there on Riverside, right near the station. And uh, we had a meatless burger. And it was terrific. And so meatless meat is now exploding, and it was sort of, you could find it in the supermarket, uh, very limited places uh, had it, usually burger places. Well, guess what? It is out there. Now, it is still a fraction, it's less than 1% of meat meat that's being sold and being eaten, but man, it is moving up uh, quickly. And now you have uh, the major... Fast food chains all offering meatless meat. Uh, you have, of course, the supermarkets offering, and I think there's two big brands. I think there's uh, Beyond Meat 
and then there's uh, meatless meat. I think there's a new one coming up. Uh, sort of, kind of tastes like meat, but it really isn't meat. Uh, I think that one takes up a lot. That the logo takes up a lot of space. And uh, what you have is these large companies. For example, uh, in England, Tesco, uh, they're increasing the sales of their quote plant-based products uh, up three hundred percent within the next uh, three four years. And why is it happening? Well, consumer demand is uh, happening. Um, because it, not only uh, is it a question of uh, it's going to get cheaper because it'll simply be cheaper to produce, uh, but also environmentally. 14.5% of greenhouse gas emissions are from meat, milk, egg productions. And for anybody who's environmentally challenged or challenged by the environment, and believes in uh, climate change, etc. I got to tell you, this is uh, certainly which way to go. Now, the percentages percentages of vegetarians and vegans uh, about five percent, but the number of flexitarians, uh, people who will go to plant based foods instead of animal products, seem to be rising. And I'm one of them. Uh, I have no problem with that at all. First of all, it tastes pretty good. Uh, second of all. Uh, I do believe in bringing greenhouse gases down. Uh, I do believe that uh, we have to deal with the environment. And if you look at the cost of producing a pound of beef with the water uh, that's used and the grain uh, that has to be grown to feed the animal and the issue of waste, the methane. Uh, and uh, if I don't know if you've ever been near a uh, a dairy farm, that's what we see. We don't see the slaughterhouses. Uh, it's, I mean, the amount of uh, cow manure out there. I mean, cows uh, crap a lot. And uh, the methane? Well, uh, you know, uh, cows' farts are uh, the world center, the epicenter of methane in this country. So for all of those reasons... Panera Bread announced it's going to make half of its menu items vegan vegan or vegetarian uh, by next year. Oh, actually, by this year, at the end of this year. And you've got Nestle's and you've got uh, other companies uh, of, of that ilk. And so why is it happening? For all the good reasons. And you see, you're going to see people, and I am the biggest meat eater in the world. I love meat. I like meat. Because I'm a real man, and real men eat meat. And frankly, uh, you know, vegetarians and all that. I never thought that a straight guy would ever be a vegetarian or a vegan. I mean, that's just the way life goes. But I've got to tell you, uh, now I've come to the conclusion that real manly men can eat vegetarian fare. Uh, the tutu and the boa are still up in the air, uh, whether that helps or not. But it's uh, the world is changing. Man, is the world changing? And you're going to see and you're going to see it uh, within a generation uh, that beef is not going to be a staple. It's going to be a specialty. There'll still be beef out there, but you're going to pay huge money for it. And there'll be steakhouses out there and you're going to pay huge money for it. And during the course of just eating uh, our normal everyday eating, going to fast food, casual food restaurants, even high end food restaurants uh, that are not meat uh, based, that are not that don't uh, serve they quote specialty beef. Uh, you know, 
It's uh, the world's changing, and I'm part of it. I have to tell you, I uh, especially now, it tastes good. You can't tell. It's really good. I think Pizza Hut just came out with their meatless meat pizza, and the sausage uh, and the burgers, they're all pretty good. Online returns. Uh, Oh, we live for online returns. What's going on? And boy, you talk about a new norm. Uh, This has become crazy. This never happened five years ago. We're seeing the world change before our very eyes. This is KFI. Let's check in with uh, Jennifer Jones Lee. And your chance to win $1,000 when we come back. Welcome back. Bill Handel, Wednesday morning, January 6th. Uh, first, before we continue on, uh, your chance to win $1,000, then some breaking news. For your chance at 1000 bucks, text the nationwide keyword SMILE, S-M-I-L-E, to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's SMILE to 200-200. And if you win, you'll get a phone call from a number you don't recognize, probably a 513 area code. If you don't answer it, uh, they go on to the next person. Uh, KFI AM 640, listen every day for that winning keyword, uh, 20 minutes after the hour between 5.20 a.m. and 6.20 p.m. And now before we continue on, breaking news uh, from uh, Jennifer. Yeah, so according to CNN and Politico, at least, Joe Biden has selected Judge Merrick Garland to serve as his attorney general. Merrick Garland, of course, was selected in 2016 by President Obama to serve on the Supreme Court. But that nomination never really went through the Republican Senate at the time. And so now it looks like he will be the pick. And this is over, I think, It was uh, Senators Doug Jones and Sally Yates, who he was also looking at for AG, but apparently the nod's going to Merrick Garland. Uh, And uh, Merrick Garland, of course, was the Supreme Court nominee of President Obama's uh, 11 months before the election, which Mitch McConnell would not even allow hearings to take place, which was a very different animal with Neil Gorsuch uh, when uh, it was four months before the election. Uh, when uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, no, that was Amy Coney uh, Barrett. Uh, it was uh, four months. I think it was four months before the election uh, that uh, it was it Gorsuch. I think it was Gorsuch uh, who was nominated. Anyway, the hypocrisy was astounding. And uh, hey, welcome to politics. All right. Uh, let me talk about uh, returns, uh, because, uh, you know, the backup that was happening during the holiday season uh, on packages that were sent FedEx, DHL, uh, UPS, etc. Uh, the backup was extraordinary. And you remember the mess that it was. We had the pandemic. We had the snowstorm uh, in the east. Slowing down everything. Well, uh, part of the problem, and it's going to continue on, the returns. Okay, here's what we do. We buy four of something. It's sent to us. And we return three of those four. Uh, you like a sweater? Uh, You like a shirt. Let's order five different colors, five different styles. We'll keep one, send it back. That's our new norm. And the problem becomes that it just ties everything up, for one thing, when you have a holiday season. And the other thing, it's just changing the way we shop 100%. How many people uh, now, when you buy something, uh, how pissed off do you get when, number one, you don't get free shipping, uh, which, by the way, really isn't free. You pay for it uh, indirectly. And you don't get free returns. I mean, it used to be where you'd buy something, you'd pay for shipping, you don't like it, whatever, you'd pay for it to go back. Those days are gone completely. 
Uh, return rates for e-commerce, incidentally, are four times more than at a brick and mortar. So uh, that is one problem. I'll tell you the other problem, which we don't think about very much. When you send stuff back, you know, they don't reuse it. You know what they do? They throw it away. More waste than you could ever think of. Uh, an investigation in Amazon warehouse in a and one Amazon warehouse in France, uh, the staff threw away 300,000 items. Lego bra- products, diapers, I mean, just everything you can think of. Oh, by the way, that was in three months, not even a year. Uh, experts are saying Amazon throws away 3.2 million manufactured objects a year just in France. And so we're looking at a whole new world of uh, what happens with e-commerce. And companies have come up, and they're big companies. They will take the unused products or the return products and either char- give them to charity or resell them. Uh, there is a secondary market. Uh, and maybe that's where you go to uh, buy something. I just bought, uh, and I was talking to Neil about it, uh, this uh, insanely expensive uh, new toaster oven thing, and it was like $1,300, and I opened it up, and I look at it, I'm never going to use this thing. I mean, I'm going to use it once a year. I returned it. I don't know what they're doing with it. I'm hoping that they repackage it. I mean, they're not going to throw that one into a landfill, uh, but maybe I'll go back and buy the same thing for half price, and then maybe return it and buy it again for half price. Ooh, I keep on doing that. I can get a real deal. Coming up... Handle in the House Whisper, Dean Sharp, and we're going to talk appliances uh, because, well, people need appliances because they don't last as long as they used to. And I'll talk to Dean about that and finish the show with those two segments. KFI AM 640, let's check in with. Oh, home, let me come home. Home is wherever I'm with you. Oh, home, let me come home. And uh, good morning, Bill Handel here on uh, Wednesday, January the 6th. Uh, Coming up, uh, well, uh, after our show is over, the vote is going to take place in Congress uh, to certify the electoral votes, uh, making uh, the president-elect officially uh, the president-to-be. All right, uh, let's move in uh, into Dean Sharp land. Uh, Handel in the House Whisper, uh, at home with Dean is his social... And the Dean's on Saturdays, 6 to 8 o'clock, just before Handle on the Law in the morning. Sundays in the morning, 9 to 11. Uh, Good morning, Dean, and Happy New Year. Good morning, Bill. Happy New Year to you. Yes. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about appliances. Yes. Yes. uh, Those things that uh, they... Well, let me start with uh, this. I want you to comment on that. I mean, we all own appliances. We all have washers. uh, Well, not everybody, but most of us have washers, dryers, uh, uh, dishwashers, that sort of thing. Uh, They just don't last as long, do they? I remember when I was a kid, everything was made out of stainless steel. It would last for years and years. Now, uh, if it lasts three years, it's good. Um. Yeah, I, I you know what three years may be an exaggeration, right? Uh, so I let's say four, is, five, but, eight years. But yeah, you know uh, it's true, and uh, appliances are are far more complex these days than they ever used to be. I mean, let's face it: when we were kids, a washing machine was just a a drum 
with a motor and a belt in the back, and it just shook water around, and it pumped the water out, and that's the end. And uh, now washing machines have 87 different cycles, plus steam, plus this, plus, you know, there's all sorts of things going on. And with that has come, I, I suspect, a, uh, a little bit more vulnerability to things going wrong. But I'm not talking about the electronics. Uh, I get that. But I'm talking about uh, the structure, the physical makeup. I mean, it used to be uh, you would um, pound on the side of it, and it was steel. It was solid. Today, it's all plastic. Uh, yeah, there's more plastic. There's more plastic. You know, I'm, I'm trying to play along here. The fact of the matter is I think appliances are probably uh, better than they ever have been. Okay, so let's go in that direction. That's just me bitching and moaning because I just had to replace a washer-dryer the last year, uh, and I was really pissed off about it. So uh, let's uh, move into uh, the general view of appliances. I'm going to just let you go. Okay, so the the emphasis, you know, I talk about appliances a lot. We do we do shows where all I'm doing is talking about what are the latest and greatest appliances, what you should be looking for in appliances. Here's our angle for uh, this Saturday show, and that's getting appliances right in the context of your kitchen remodel. And uh, I say this all the time. An otherwise beautiful remodel can really be messed up pretty badly by poorly planning for or poorly positioning the appliances that are going to go in there. Uh, not a lot of folks understand how appliances fit into the order of their remodel. And where they fit in, quite honestly, is right up front. Before you finish your cabinet design, before you finish your layout, uh, it's important to know exactly these days what appliances uh, that you're going to use, whether it's the old appliances that you've already got or whether you're going to be buying new appliances and integrating those appliances into the actual build of the kitchen. And there are issues that come up because of that. I'll tell you, the, the number one thing, and you and I could probably spend the rest of the morning talking about this, refrigerators. Refrigerator, refrigerators are the largest appliance in your kitchen. And they are usually the least often uh, properly integrated into the cabinets. And what I mean by that is you walk into, you know, eight out of 10 kitchens and uh, as beautiful as the cabinetry may be or whatever, there's the fridge sticking out like a sore thumb. It's sticking out too far. It's in a weird position. It isn't contributing to the overall uh, appeal of the kitchen as a whole. It's super obvious that this refrigerator is just sort of an afterthought thing. You can see too much of the fridge, meaning not just the front doors, but parts of the side box that were never meant to be seen in the first place. Those are the kinds of things that we're going to address in terms of how do we get appliances right, rightly fit into your kitchen. All right. With that being said, and I've done enough remodeling and building uh, that unless you buy a built-in refrigerator, uh, it's always going to stick three, four inches out from the cabinetry unless you build the cabinetry out three or four inches, and then you have uh, the kitchen cabinets that are way too deep. How do you reconcile that? Okay, so you're absolutely right. There are basically three types of fridges that you've got available to you when you're planning your remodel. On the high end of things, uh, you've got the built-in. Built-in meaning it is not a freestanding refrigerator. It is designed to be mounted into a set of cabinets. And uh, if you decide to go built-in, that's obviously the cleanest, most integrated look. Uh, Expensive. Of all. 
very expensive. It's the most expensive, most expensive to service, uh, and so and in the in the most difficult one to switch out. And so I should say this really uh, clearly: if you're committing to a built-in refrigerator, uh, you are then also committing to long-term servicing of that refrigerator because changing it out, let's say, uh, eight, 10 years down the road means uh, that the, the odds of finding another built-in fridge that is the exact same dimensions and that fits in the hole that you've built your whole cabinet scheme around, uh, very, very unlikely. So a lot of people still go for, uh, and rationally so, for freestanding fridges because they have standardized sizes. Now, of the freestanders... Uh, you know what? Got... I'm going to put you on hold. Whoa, 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 whoa. You know what? I do have to take a break. And okay. I'm going to come back, and we will talk about and finish up with the other two kinds of refrigerators uh, that uh, you can deal with. So hang on a moment. We'll be back. Uh, this is KFI. Let's check in with uh, Jennifer Jones. Live and local. KFI AM 640. And iHeart Radio Station. I'm on my way. And welcome back. I'm Will Handel here on a uh, Wednesday morning, January 6th. Uh, the president right now is at America, at Save America rally, while Congress uh, is, uh, in about 10 minutes, going to start the count uh, to confirm Joe Biden's uh, election, the electoral count. Uh, back we go to uh, the House Whisperer, Dean Sharp. Dean, we are talking about refrigerators this yes, time sir. out. And uh, three different kinds of refrigerators. The built-in kind uh, that uh, flush with the cabinetry when you're remodeling. And those are buckets and buckets of money. But they look great. You have to admit. Yes, they do. Uh, yes, they do. So, so let's go in through the other kinds. Okay, so the other two are freestanding refrigerators, the kind that you're going to go down to the appliance store and say, ooh, I like this one. Oh, I'll take, okay, we're taking that one home. The freestanding, uh, the two styles that are primarily out there, when I say style, uh, I'm not referring to the front door configuration and do whatever you want there. But the two main uh, construction styles are the standard depth fridge, which is a pretty deep fridge. It's about 30, sometimes 32 inches deep. And the counter depth refrigerators now counter depth refrigerators are designed to fit in a 24 inch deep cabinet space so that just the door the edge of the door uh is uh, exposed and uh and in a situation where we're building new cabinets if we build the cabinets around a counter depth fridge uh properly the way it should be done then that refrigerator is going to look very, very built in, as built in as it can be. Because quite often, some of the problems, uh, uh, honestly, is the way cabinets are configured around the fridge. A good fridge design, the optimal fridge design, the way it's set into cabinets, should have a full height pantry cabinet on the left, a full height pantry cabinet on the right, and that cabinet above the fridge should come all the way down to the top of the fridge, save about one inch. Most refrigerators specify about one inch gap at the top so that heat from the back can escape. Uh, but that cabinet should be coming almost all the way down to the top of the fridge. And it shouldn't be a measly little 12 inch deep cabinet set back from the front of the fridge. But it should also be a 24 inch deep cabinet so that you've got this very, very clean built in look all around. Now, the problem with the counter depth fridge, if there is one, is that... A, uh, it doesn't have as much cubic uh, storage capacity as a, a standard fridge. Uh, 
on average about seven or eight cubic feet less. And B, what do you get? Uh, what do you pay for that uh, less than uh, uh, stellar storage capacity? You're going to pay at least $1,000 more for it. So you're going to pay more and you're going to get less storage. Now, sometimes it's just unavoidable and that's the way you go. But I've got a lot of clients who ask me, Dean, is there any way we can take a standard depth fridge and make it look good in this kitchen? Because have you seen these kids? I got a lot of mouths to feed here. I need space in the fridge. And that's when we start getting creative. My last ditch uh, uh, effort is to actually bring the cabinetry out. Uh, I really don't want to do that because no matter how you cut it, you're encroaching on walk space around a kitchen. But if at all possible, what we'll do is we'll play a little trick. We'll take the wall behind the cabinet and uh, we may open up a little niche in the wall. We may flat stud that wall uh, so that the studs are only an inch and a half deep instead of uh, three and a half or six and a half, depending on what kind of wall it is, so that we can create a little bit more recess just behind the fridge and, able, and uh, enable us to push a standard depth fridge back further than the actual wall line in order to get it flush with the cabinets. And a lot of kitchens, a lot of people's kitchens, actually have one wall at least that uh, is shared with the garage. And whenever we are sharing a wall with the garage, then we're able to create that recess space uh, almost uh, all the time because, you know, the garage can afford to have a little extra stuff uh, done to it. So those are the tricks that we try and use in order to recess a full depth fridge and, and make it work right in the kitchen. All right, well, we have time for one more quick one, and that uh, is a, uh, an appliance that everybody has, the microwave oven. So when you're not drying out your dog in the microwave oven, uh, what do you do with it? Yeah, microwaves are uh, tricky. They've, they've always been tricky. I'll tell you what you don't do with it. What you're not going to do with a uh, whatever microwave that you've selected is you're not going to build it into your cabinets. And what I mean by build it in, you're not going to have your cabinet maker make a custom hole to fit that microwave because microwaves never have been, and it, it doesn't look like there's any sign in the future of this happening. They have no uniform uh, conventional sizes, which means you replace that microwave, which we all know, you know, every few years, the microwave goes shot and boom, you run down to Costco, you pick up another one. It's a half an inch larger. It's two inches smaller. It's not quite as tall. It's too tall. And, uh, and built-in situations like that always, always end up failing eventually. What we do want to do, though, is uh, we want to hide the microwave. If it has to sit on a countertop, we want to get it out of the way as much as possible. Uh, or if you're really ready to pony up, uh, I love, 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 love microwave drawers. Now, they cost about a 1000 bucks, but the idea of a microwave drawer, it's a top-loading microwave that fits right under your uh, kitchen countertop, wherever it is in the uh, kitchen that you want to put it, uh, they are beautiful microwaves. A top-loading microwave, if you've never experienced one, is a fantastic thing. And here's the key. All microwave drawers have standardized sizes now. So they work just like dishwashers or refrigerators mm. or ovens. And that is when it goes bad, you're going to be able to go down to the appliance store. You're going to have like 15 choices. All these manufacturers, all of their microwave drawers are going to fit into the same drawer slot 
that uh, the old microwave drawer fit, and so you can afford to build them into your cabinetry. All right, and that is, uh, you're going to be talking about that on Saturday, right? Yes, sir. All right, uh, Dean Sharp, uh, this Saturday, 6 to 8 a.m., Sunday, 9 to 11 a.m., at home with Dean. Dean, say hello to the crowd, and uh, we will catch you this weekend. Uh, Coming up next, it's uh, Gary and Shannon, starting in just a moment. Uh, The final step to affirm uh, President-elect Biden's victory, the count, the electoral uh, college count coming right up. This is KFI AM640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Yeah, that's right. Papadillas and all these sides are just $6. Wings, chicken poppers, cheese sticks, garlic knots, desserts, they're all just 6 bucks at PapaJohns.com. 